Changing minds one thought at a time Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Empowering Women series. This is Jess. Um, good evening, Dr. Akina. Hello. How is How are you doing today, Jess? I am awesome, and I am so excited because I have, and, and we have an amazing guest on the call tonight. This woman is absolutely fabulous. Um, I know there are going to be a ton and ton of people listening to this and downloading this. I am so excited to introduce this guest tonight. Um, this is my good friend, Annie Abreu. Annie is amazing. She has actually been um, a coach to me. Um, I love her dearly. She's helped me a lot. Um, Annie was originally from the Dominican Republic. She came to New York. She had many years in New York as a lawyer. Um, she practiced successfully as an attorney in New York. And um, she wound up studying meditation, studying self-awareness until she decided to leave her law practice and she founded the coaching business Finding Your Voice. And it is such a privilege to introduce Annie because she is a person who is so passionate about empowering people and inspiring people and helping people realize that their happiness and their power is right at their fingertips. They could take it, create it, and use it. So we are, I am just tonight, I'm going to actually just let Annie run this call. Annie, are you on the line? I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited beyond belief that you guys asked me to come on board tonight and uh, be part of this self-empowering series, Empowering Women, which is uh, my passion. And I am very grateful for the opportunity to share my point of view and uh, the way I have found my own voice. And yes. I am the co-founder of Finding Your Voice, which also is owned by Wendy Loaiza and Cynthia de la Cruz and Lindsay Sherwin, uh, the three amazing women that I have the privilege to share this journey with. And uh, before I get into uh, the details of the things that I would like to share with you, I want to actually share a, uh, an anecdote uh, that took place while we were um, in the first uh, Steps of finding your voice. We are we were incorporating and getting together um, as a group. And um, Wendy lives in Connecticut, and Cynthia de la Cruz and I drove to uh, Connecticut, and we decided to meet in a nearby uh, restaurant and that we could not find. We got lost on the way, and uh, we were lost for uh, over an hour, and we were. Just that women who wanted to teach how to find other people to find their voices couldn't find their way to a good restaurant. And we took it in the following way. We took it in a way that we needed more time to mature the idea of finding our own voice. And that was last year. And that's the reason why we have taken our time uh, to come uh, with our own authenticity and stand in the place where we can truly share uh, from the bottom of our heart, what really is to find your own voice. And I just wanted to share that before I go into the details of the trip from fear to love, which is the reason why we're here tonight. I am extremely excited to uh, share the details of how I would like to present to you uh, that trip uh, the way we have uh, denominated it. 
the best way I awesome, find with you. So thank you, um, and I'm just looking forward to hearing everything you have to share with us tonight. Yes, uh, thank you. I am looking to first uh, give you my personal story. My personal story is going to be divided into in two aspects. The first part of it is going to illustrate uh, the fears uh, that I grew up with, uh, how uh, they were uh, developed. Uh, the foundation of them, and uh, finally, how I came out of those fears. And, um, and at that point, I'm going to share the details of uh, the self-awareness life coaching model that we have developed as a result of my personal journey and as a result of the personal journey of my co-founder. Um, basically, I was a beautiful little girl. Yeah, that was me. Uh, who grew up among both boys. Uh, I was the only girl. I had a mother who was a teacher, and I had a father who was uh, in the military. was not much at home, and basically we, uh, we were um, part of a uh, middle-class family who was um, ready to um, raise a family, raise a family, uh, the best that they could. And um, in the journey, I was uh, uh, treated not too well by my brothers, and uh, my father was uh, not exactly encouraging, and my mother was too busy raising everybody and working. So um, I-, I was most uh, on the neglected side of it. So I grew up not feeling too good about myself. Uh, basically, we were, uh, I was um, uh, more happy in school where I spent uh, most of my happy time. I never wanted to come home. Uh, my brothers uh, called me ugly many times, so I grew up believing I was the ugliest woman in the world. And um, uh, basically, uh, I was not feeling mm-hmm. good about myself at all. So, um, it was at this point that I decided to um, enjoy the best I could as a girl. Uh, my stay in school, I remember coming from school and uh, not feeling uh, good about coming home because I felt attacked, I felt uh, alone, and I felt uh, um, not welcome. So I grew up in, in, that, in that environment, and uh, when I was 17 years old, I was uh, I graduated from high school, and I went into law school, and I graduated from, as an attorney in the Dominican Republic when I was 22 years old. And at that point, right after that, I went into a um, I became a TV show host uh, for a TV program at the national level over there. That was a nice experience. And after that, I got pregnant. Yippee! And that's uh, and the man who helped me to create the baby walked away from me right after he found out I was pregnant. Yep, and that sealed my man hater career. That was for sure. Now I was officially a man hater at that point, and um, I did the best I could with what I had at that point. And I came to the United States, where I was in welfare for a month. 
until I was able to uh, learn the language enough to get a job as a secretary. And um, I was uh, working for several years in law firms and uh, until I was admitted uh, into Duke, I applied to law schools to become an attorney in New York, in the United States. And I applied to several schools. I was admitted into Duke. Yep, Duke. Imagine that. And uh, when I walked into my parents' place to give the good news to my father, he said, Duke, what's that? I said, that's a law school. I'm going to become an attorney. And he says, uh, what is that? And I'm like, uh, that's in North Carolina. Oh, no, you're not going there. And I'm like, oh, no, Pa, you do not understand. I am going there. And uh, basically, I rented a truck. I put my little things that I have behind the truck. I took a map. I took my baby, five-years-old baby that I had, and I drove to North Carolina to install me in a place that I have rented over the phone. And uh, I, my mentality when I was admitted into Duke was like, oh, my God, that's it. After Duke, my life is going to be perfect. Everything is going to just fall into place. This is the opportunity that I have been looking for. I'm going to be able to prove that I'm the smartest woman on earth and all of that. And uh, to my surprise, the graduation day came, and uh, I remember being extremely depleted and exhausted and far away from the uh, image that I had created that I would want to live as the graduation day. And then I came to New York, uh, back to New York, and I, uh, I had fed myself with a lot of fears during the day, during the, my stay in North Carolina to, compl- to complete my law studies. I, have, I had uh, felt the stress of the law work, uh, my financials, the burden of the financials that I was bur- uh, supporting myself my son and my mother, who I brought with me to North, to North Carolina. So the stress of the, of the work, uh, of, the, of the law work, the stress of the financials and all the stress associated with raising a child who was attending his first year of school in North Carolina and all the internal struggles that goes with that, uh, caused me to create a lot of fear, a lot of fear that I would not find a job. I would not be able to find a job. And basically my stay in, in, in Duke was a feeding uh, time for my fears to grow stronger and stronger. And, of course, guess what happened after I was done with the law school? I couldn't find a job, <laughs> of course. My biggest fear came true, and uh, my situation was uh, was draining my finances, which I and then I had to support my son. So it was a very stressful time, and um, I finally uh, passed the bar, the New York State bar, which I failed failed several times. My beautiful people, yes, I did, and uh, I finally passed the bar. And, uh, but couldn't find a job, couldn't find a decent job to support me, and I had to open up my own practice. 
and that's how I have been in practice uh, for all over for ten years now. Now, five years ago, I couldn't take it anymore. I was in a place of emptiness, misery, and a lot of anger. There was a lot of anger created by all of my unresolved emotional issues that have brought me to my knees and created a lot of drama in my life internally. A lot of people uh, used to look at me uh, back then, and, you know, I looked successful. I was healthy, apparently, and uh, I... I look okay, you know, I was going to law school, I was surprised, I moved around, I did stuff, I was raising my child, I was a superwoman. I, was, I, even, I even lost uh, uh, a lot of pounds within three months. I went from size 10 to size 2 in three months. I was a superwoman. I was doing it all except taking care of my inner being, of my inner soul of the essence of me. And when you do, do, do that for a long time, eventually it breaks you down. For women, it has been my experience that that takes place after the 40. And the reason is because the body has accumulated so much tension that it's, it's, it's a breaking point. After the 40, the body can no longer take all the self-destructive language and behavior, internal behavior that we have subjected ourselves to. So uh, at this point, we need to make a decision. And that's where I was brought to five years ago, where when I come across the Abraham Hicks teachings, and ah, that's when my journey for my self-empowering journey began. And I started to uh, become self-aware of where I was standing emotionally and what could I do with that. It was a, I, was coming, I was working out three hours every day because the tension in my body, because the stress that I was going through, it was uh, humongous. So I needed it to... Or somehow uh, channel all of that anger that was my main vibrational set point inside of me. And for me, exercise was the best way to do that. For some people, it can be drugs. For other people, it can be uh, eating. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. People are more accepting of people who work out. But if you are doing it three hours every day, there's something wrong with you. And that was me. Um, so, and many of us, uh, because we are doing things that society prays, we think we are okay. Um, nothing further from the truth. So I came to this place where now all of my fears are right in front of me and I need to know what to do with them. I came across these teachings, and I realized that I needed to get to know me. The main issue has been that I did not know who I was. I have been doing things to demonstrate my value, to show my value, because I did not find value in myself. And I created all of this um, 
empire outside of me to show to other people all of the things that I lacked inside of me. I lacked power inside of me. I lacked, I lacked um, uh, confidence, uh, and I lacked uh, love for myself. And uh, when I realized all of this, I engaged myself seriously in the business of learning to know the most beautiful person I ever known in my entire life. That's me! And I was really excited when I realized that I have done a lot of things, stupid things, many of them, and too many to count, too many to tell, to bore you with. Uh, but I have come to this place of understanding that no matter what I did, it did not matter what I did, I was okay. And that was the first realization. That was the, self, the, the first step to self-awareness that I am okay. You guys are okay where you are. It does not matter the things that you have done. They are irrelevant to where you are right now. And that was a huge realization for me because I judge myself 24-7. I never find myself to be good enough of a daughter, never good enough of a, of a, of a sister, never good enough of a mother, never, never good enough of anything. So to find me to be okay, it was so good. I enjoy that. I rejoiced in, in, in understanding the meaning of being okay where I was. And so many people would say, oh, my God, but you have so many things to, to show off uh, for. You know, you became an attorney. All of that is, is pure um, a phase. It's just the outside um, makeup filled with a lot of makeup covering the real stuff. So achievers, big achievers are the people who have the most issues because we are, we are very, very self-destructive individuals. We are uh, very demanding of ourselves. We next act that we master and do everything correctly. And we do until we break down, until, until we can no longer take it, which was the place where, where I was. And then I was okay. I finally got it. I was okay. And, and then what was the second step? I'm okay, okay, so what do I do now? Let me work on accepting myself. Okay. And a one huge tool that helped me to do that was meditation. Meditation was, and it is, the most important tool to bring yourself back to love. You see, we, we are love. We were love when we were born. When we were children, we were happy beings. We, were, we didn't have a religion. We didn't have labels. We were just happy beings. We, we had a confrontation with another kid, and we were mad for a second, 
and we and then we fought and then a second later we were happy and playing again just the way it's supposed to be and then we were trained not to be that and as adults we have to train ourselves back to love we have to claim back that power which is the ultimate power that we all have the self-empowerment that you are looking for is the power of claiming the love that it's within you you see i can't stay here all night to tell you how amazing you are and believe me you are each one of you listening to this are lights, divine lights of love, angels. It does not matter what you did. I do not want to hear it. I know you have a little voice saying, oh, yeah, but I did this, I did that, and I had an abortion, and I did this, and I cheated it, and I, I do not want to hear it. You are divine light, period. And I know it is hard for you to hear and understand that and become acquainted with that because you have been told so many times that you are not. I am here tonight to tell you it's all a lie. And you are pure divine light. God is within you. It's not outside of you. It's within you. That's why the life force that runs through your body Energy that claims your life every day and gives you breath. Your breath. You are light. You are the life force of God. You are the maximum expression of love of God. And you need to train yourself back to that. And how did I do that? Because I believe to, to, to know. I believe I am all of that. And that's why my life is joyful. And that's why my life is exciting. And, and I want to play. And that's why I'm doing this all. And that's why I'm telling you all of this good stuff. Because it is in my heart. Because I live it every day. Because I have a joyful, complete life with me. With my God. Within me. Each time. Every second. Feeding me. And it is in you too. That is covered up with all the nonsense that you have believed from your well-intended parents, from your well-intended teachers, from your not-so-well-intended society. And it's time for you to look at all of your fears that you have been taught to believe, to look at them in their face. So now let's talk about how we can move from fear to love in a very specific way. Uh, I am too excited about all of this. I do not know if I have enough time. It's 20, okay, I guess I do. Let's try to do this really, really quickly. I'm hoping that all of you are enjoying this. Um, uh, there are two ways of focusing or moving yourself from fear to love in a very specific way. You need to identify your fear. And fear comes in many different ways and as humans. There are as many types of fears as humans. So I cannot go inside of you and say, oh, there it is. 
Lack of worthiness. So, and lack of worthiness is expressed when you are angry because if you would value yourself, you would not, you would know not to be angry at other people. You would be loving yourself enough to treat yourself lovingly so you can treat others in a loving way. When we slash at other people, it's just an expression. It's just an extension of where we are. And uh, that's the reason why the work is within. It doesn't really matter what we are doing in the outside, the steps that we take in the outside. So we need to identify identify where we are in the terms of the on the fearful scale. Depression is the lowest uh, point of the fear scale, and if you are in depression, the best way that you can feel uh, to bring yourself to a better feeling place to move yourself from depression, uh, that would be uh, unworthiness. So unworthiness is, it feels better than depression. Because depression, you, are not, you, you don't have power. You are totally depleted. You do not want to talk to anybody. So... If you feel insecure, feeling insecure is better than feeling depressed. And uh, I know it sounds crazy what I'm telling you, but just try it. Go inside of you. If you are in a depressing state, the likelihood that feeling insecure or guilty, it's better than feeling depressed because when you're feeling depressed, you do not have any feelings. You are empty. And feeling something, even if it is bad, like, like insecurity or worthiness or guilt, it gives you some type of energy movement that is a, a little bit better than depression. Then we can go and move into rage. Get mad. Get mad at someone. Blame someone. And do what you need to do to feel better. I think I am exhausting my time, and I, am, I have to close. So I think I am going to close the following, following way. Um, there are two other ways that you can definitely feel better. Sometimes when we are caught up in our problems and our fears, it's not a good idea to focus on the, on the problem or in the feeling. Uh, go gentle. Focus on the greatness of the world. Uh, focus on uh, the uh, perfect uh, planet uh, going around uh, its, its axis and uh, in perfect proximity to other planets. Look at the trees. Look at the perfection of your breath. Look at the perfection of your being. Go gentle, and you will feel better. If you do this on a regular basis, if you can feel okay about yourself, and if you can accept where you are and you question yourself every day as to where you are and you feed yourself and you purposely focus on feeling good every day, you eventually will master your happiness. And no one would ever be able to tell you anything to the contrary. You, know, you will know you are powerful beyond belief. You are a light in this world, and you are eager to take your life to the direction that you want to go. Thank you so very much, my people. 
Thank you, Randy. Thank you so much. Yeah, just tonight I think was really just inspiring to me. And, Annie, I just love to hear you speak and to really just talk about how to go to fear from love. And, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about you and um, is that, you know, one of the messages that we want to send out from Changing Minds Online is that we are love. The essence of who we are is love. And when we are living in that state of love and when, like, you said God is in us. When we are at that, we are at our highest vibration, and we will attract the most abundance in our lives. So thank you for sharing that absolutely you know, wonderful story with us and just such a blessing to have you here on the call. Um, thank you for everyone who called in tonight. <clears throat> and, you know, if you, you know, want to hear us again, you want to hear this call again, we are on iTunes, we're on Podomatic, on Block Chat Radio. You can connect with us on Instagram, on Facebook, of course, our changingmindsonline.com. And the other thing we just want to say is that now that we're having this Empowering Women series, we have just been so blessed to meet and some amazing women like Annie. And if there's someone you'd like to nominate to be um, in Women Featured on one of our calls or if you yourself would like to be featured on our call, you can reach out to us at contact us at changingmindsonline.com. And we just would love to um, hear from you guys and email us, tell us what you think, tell us what you like. Uh, we'd love to hear comments. We read, um, Akeen and I both read every single um, comment on our Facebook page. So drop in and tell us, you know, what you love and what you want to hear. And thank you so much again for supporting us and listening to us. Um, anything you want to add, Akina? Um. Yes. Uh, Annie, is there a way that uh, people would like to reach out to you? How would they do that? Thank you so much. We have a, thank you, thank you. We have a, a, a page, a Facebook, a Facebook page called Finding Your Voice. And if people would like to contact me, you can email me at Annie, A as an apple, N Nancy, N Nancy Y, Abreu, A as an apple, B as a boy, R. Robert E. Edward Union Coach at gmail.com. I would love to hear the feedback from all of you. Thank you and many blessings. Enjoy life because it is really, really good. Amen. Right? Yes. They say, you know, that you only live life once, but if you live it right, once is enough. So um, on that note, thank you guys. God bless. And I'm going um, to hang up now. Uh, Anything else you wanted to say, Kina, before we go? I just wanted to say thank you so much, Annie, for uh, speaking to us today. You had a wonderful message, and I truly got a lot out of it. And just thank you. No, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Really good. All right. Blessings and love your way. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. You too. Good night. Good night.